Hello, and welcome to another episode of Words of Wisdom, a podcast series dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. My name is Jerry Weirwell, and it is my pleasure to be on this journey together with you to discover the powerful truths that God has revealed to those who desire to become wise and discerning. Proverbs 3.13-18 through 18 says, Blessed is the person who finds wisdom and the one who obtains discernment. For the gain from her is better than the gain from silver, and her revenue is better than gold. She is more precious than gems, and no delightful thing can compare with her. In her right hand is length of days. In her left hand are riches and glory. Her roads are pleasant roads, and all her pathways are peace. She is a tree of life to those taking hold of her, and blessed are those who are holding her fast. This passage in Proverbs starts off by saying that the person who finds wisdom is blessed. To be blessed means to be happy, but not in some sort of superficial or emotional sense of happiness that one might think of as the word is commonly used that way in our world today. Some English translations do use the word happy to convey the meaning of the Hebrew word but other translators think that the word happy doesn't convey the deep spiritual meaning that esher carries. A blessed person is a person who is truly happy, whose life is in a right relationship with God. To be blessed is more than simply a feeling of enjoyment and contentment. It is the result of having your life properly ordered before Yahweh, and thus it is the path of wisdom alone that will enable a person to be truly happy in life. The Psalms say that, The person who is truly happy or blessed is the one whose God is Yahweh in Psalm 33 verse 12. The one who lives with the fear of Yahweh, Psalm 128 verse 1. The one who hopes and trusts in Yahweh, Psalm 84 verse 12. The one who obeys Yahweh's commandments, Psalm 112 verse 1. And the one whose sins are forgiven and to whom Yahweh shows mercy, Psalm 32 verses 1 and 2. Proverbs 3.13 isn't the only place that the idea of being blessed occurs in Proverbs. In chapter 8, verses 32 through 34, it says, Blessed are those who keep on my roads, referring to wisdom's roads. Listen to my teaching and become wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, referring to wisdom. Wisdom is being personified here as a teacher, one who imparts knowledge and understanding to those who listen to her. The road of wisdom consists of abiding by the instruction that wisdom offers, and gaining wisdom will result in a better life, a life where we make better choices, enjoy healthier relationships, be more self-disciplined and productive, but most importantly, where we live with the fear that is the reverence of Yahweh our God and in a right relationship to Him. If you want to know more about the fear of Yahweh, listen to the previous episode where I talk about what it means to live with the fear of Yahweh and how that is the foundation of wisdom. Now, in describing wisdom in Proverbs 3, verse 14 says that the gain from her, wisdom, is better than the gain from silver, and her revenue is better than gold. The Hebrew word for gain is a commercial term that was used to describe business transactions and and trading, and refers to the value that is produced or acquired when engaged in commerce, that is, buying and selling of goods and services. When someone buys something at the city marketplace, the value that the seller receives is the gain from the sale. The meaning of gain is also paralleled in the second line of the proverb, where it says that her revenue that is, wisdom's revenue is better than gold. The meaning of gain and revenue is synonymous. They both refer to making a profit. 
Moreover, here in verse 14, the value that is obtained from having wisdom is said to be even greater than the monetary gain of silver or gold that a merchant would get from selling and trading goods. In the ancient world, silver and gold were considered extremely precious and valuable metals. They were the common currency for commercial exchange. Therefore, silver and gold were highly desirable coinage when a buyer purchased something because if a seller was paid in silver or gold, every single other merchant recognized the value of the coins and would be willing to trade for them. But the proverb doesn't just stop with silver and gold, but proceeds on in verse 15 to compare wisdom to precious gems. Many rare gems are mentioned in scripture, like the onyx, topaz, ruby, sapphire, jasper, emeralds, and others. But despite the preeminent value of such gems, which only wealthy families or royalty could have normally afford, wisdom is even more precious. It might be helpful to mention that verse 15 also finds a near identical parallel in Proverbs 8 verse 11, which says, Because wisdom is better than gems, and all delightful things cannot be compared with her. What these Proverbs are trying to get at is that wisdom is beyond comparison to even the best and most valuable items in the world. It is without equal. One could say that it is the most valuable thing that anyone could ever acquire. It is beyond all riches and wealth, beyond any material possession, and beyond all delightful things. The proverb does not specify what delightful things are subordinate to wisdom, but both 3.14 and 8.11 are saying that wisdom will outshine any delightful thing you can imagine. Wisdom is better than a beautiful villa on the coast, than the most expensive and luxurious automobile, your own private jet, or owning the most idyllic Caribbean island you could dream of. Pick your choice of fantasy, and I promise you that wisdom is better. But the trouble is, is that we don't always see the value of wisdom that clearly, as though it is always obvious to us that we should desire wisdom rather than a plush mansion with a 30-car garage next to the ocean in Italy where every day has a perfect sunset. Well, when it comes to seeing the value of things in life, our minds will more often than not tend to gravitate toward identifying material possessions and life circumstances. I would say that we would probably tend to think about things like our family and friends, our house and automobiles, our job security, our vacations, or even our pension and retirement. I don't think it's typically our default to label things like our work ethic, uh, self-discipline and motivation, integrity, honesty, being fair and just, having patience and discernment, and other qualities like these as what we would call the most valuable things in life. But they truly are, because without them, Everything else doesn't work right. Try being successful at your job without self-discipline, a good work ethic, and integrity. Try having good relationships with your family and friends without being honest and genuine. Try making wise financial decisions like how to save for retirement or buy a house without patience and discernment. But underneath all these desirable qualities that produce the outcomes we are seeking in life is wisdom. It is the source of self-discipline, integrity, honesty, fairness patience, and discernment. Without wisdom, we wouldn't exhibit these qualities in our lives. Now, someone might say, 
You don't have to live with the fear of Yahweh in order to be an honest person, have integrity, be self-disciplined, patient, and discerning. And while that is true on some level, because we see people in the world exhibiting these qualities who do not know Yahweh God, much less live a life of reverence and obedience to him. But the reason why people behave in these ways is drastically different. The basis upon which such people decide to exhibit these qualities does not stem from their desire to submit to Yahweh and to live in a right relationship to Him and according to the principles for how a person can be successful in life. In thinking about the value of wisdom, I'm reminded of a series of commercials that used to run on TV when I was younger. In one of the more memorable commercials in this series, the opening scene is of a father walking with his son through a turnstile gate. Then suddenly, a caption with a narrator voiceover says, Two tickets, $46. Next, you see the father and his son at the concession stand ordering food, and the narrator says, Two hot dogs, two popcorns, two sodas, $27. After that, you see them walking up the stairs together, and the narrator says, One autographed baseball, $50. And then you see them sitting in the stadium next to each other, and the father is talking with his son and pointing things out, and the narrator says, Real conversation with your 11-year-old son? Priceless. Then the catch slogan appears, and the narrator says, There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's MasterCard. In the same way that you can't put a price on moments like when a father gets to spend exclusive time with his son, such as taking him to a baseball game, Proverbs is trying to say that we can't put a price tag on wisdom. It's priceless. Now back in Proverbs chapter 3, in expounding upon the blessings that wisdom does offer, verse 16 says that in her right hand is length of days, in her left hand are riches and glory. The picture here of wisdom holding out both of her hands is symbolic of the abounding blessings that she can give, not just long life, but also riches and also glory. But the glory that wisdom offers isn't the fame and glory that our culture might be used to when we hear the word glory. In the biblical culture, the Hebrew word kavod, translated as glory, literally means weight, and it connotes more of what we understand today as honor. Honor was attributed to someone who was esteemed in their community. An honorable person was an upstanding individual whose character had been proven to be good, genuine, and godly. And furthermore, a person couldn't gain glory, that is, honor, in this sense if they didn't live with the fear of Yahweh. Proverbs 22 verse 4 says, The reward of humility, the fear of Yahweh, is wealth, glory, and life. There's actually a great example of the value of wisdom in the Bible where it is compared to riches and glory. In the 9th century BC, Solomon, the king of Israel, assumed the throne as the successor to his father, King David. There is a record early in Solomon's reign that relates directly to the need for wisdom. The record begins in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5 and following. It says, In Gibeon, Yahweh appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. And God said, Ask what you wish me to give you. Then Solomon said, You have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart toward you. And you have reserved for him this great loving kindness, that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. 
Now, O Yahweh, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. I have also given you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days. If you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. Then Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Now, while Solomon had spoken to God in a dream or vision, it wasn't just in his mind. God heard Solomon's desire to become wise and granted him his request. God basically gave Solomon a blank check when God said, ask what you wish me to give you. Solomon could have asked God for anything he wanted. He could have asked for military power, the expansion of his kingdom, riches and wealth beyond his imagination, an easy life filled with pleasure, or any other desire or ambition that he might have had. Instead, Solomon perceived the significance of his responsibility as the new king of Israel, and that Israel was a great nation, too many to be numbered or counted. And therefore, what he asked God for was the wisdom to be a good ruler. He knew he needed the ability to discern between good and evil so as to reign with righteousness and justice in the land. A few chapters later, when the queen of Sheba hears about the great wisdom of King Solomon of Israel, she travels to Israel to meet Solomon and to see whether this rumor was true. In 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 6-9, through 9, it says, Then she, the queen of Sheba, said to the king, referring to Solomon, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe the reports until I came and my eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told to me. You exceed in wisdom and prosperity the report which I heard. How blessed are your men. How blessed are your servants who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom. Blessed be Yahweh your God who delighted in you to set you on the throne of Israel because Yahweh loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Solomon's great wisdom was so renowned that it spread to other surrounding nations, which is how the Queen of Sheba learned of him. To her surprise, she acknowledged that Solomon exceeded in wisdom and prosperity, even beyond the report which she had heard. And she counted that Solomon's men and servants who worked in the palace must be incredibly blessed to stand before him and to hear his wisdom. And she even proclaimed a blessing upon Yahweh who delighted in Solomon to choose him to be king over Israel so that he could carry out justice and righteousness in the land. Well, back in Proverbs chapter 3, the rest of the passage, starting in verse 17, reads, Her 
that his wisdom's roads are pleasant roads, and all her pathways are peace. She is a tree of life to those taking hold of her, and blessed are those who are holding her fast. The concept of wisdom's roads is a symbolic reference to the choices that wisdom would make. It is a figure of speech to describe wisdom as a person who must make decisions about where to travel. Therefore, to walk upon wisdom's roads means to make choices and live life according to wisdom. And so the proverb is saying that living according to wisdom is to walk upon a path in life that is pleasant and peaceful. The path of wisdom isn't filled with treacherous terrain. It isn't scary and frightful. It isn't frustrating and confusing. And it isn't filled with worry and anxiety. Rather, the proverb says that wisdom is a tree of life for those who grasp hold of her and do not let her go. A tree of life is a metaphor symbolizing wisdom as the source of vitality, healing, and wellness in life. The immediate reference uh, as wisdom being a tree of life is to the physical well-being of a person and their success and wholeness in the present life. But the ultimate reference is to immortality, that is, eternal life, which is the final destination of all those who are on the road of wisdom. We seek the blessings of wisdom now in our present life, but the greatest fruit that wisdom will bear is the salvation of the one who will hold her fast. This idea of holding fast to wisdom, it signifies the complete commitment and sincere devotion to keep oneself on the road, walking alongside wisdom, and never deviating from her onto a different road. You can almost think of it as locking arms with wisdom and going wherever she goes, knowing that her path is better than any path you could ever devise on your own. There are such incredible blessings for those who walk with wisdom on her road. We must recognize her priceless value and choose to orient our lives to her as the tree of life whose ways are pleasant and peaceful. In her hands are length of days, riches, and glory. But these are just the beginning of the blessings of wisdom. Thanks so much for listening to the Truth or Tradition podcast. We hope you're enjoying this new series on the words of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And for more biblical resources, you can visit our website, truthortradition.com. And there you can subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of the future resources that we post. 